So go ahead and put up uh, Isaiah chapter 55. I wish I had some words of comfort for you in all of the turmoil that you're going through there uh, in your country. Uh, we love you dearly. Of course, my wife and I grew up in the United States. We've been living in Israel now for, I guess, about 40 years. But it just, it just, you know, it's disheartening. And we do pray for you folks. And, uh, you know, when, when we find trouble, we, we go to God. And I hope that just during this short time together, we can all focus our attention on him and on his word. So I'd like you to go to Isaiah, actually, 55, verse 8 and 9. These are uh, very these are verses probably very well known to you, and you all probably love these verses as I do. Uh, for the Lord is speaking, for my thoughts, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. For as the heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways, the Lord says, are higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. And, you know, I, I love these verses because whenever there's trouble or there's difficulty, I can always, you know, put my confidence and my trust in God and, you know, and understand that I don't understand and understand and believe and have confidence that he knows what he is doing. But I would like you to just look for a minute. And, and that's wonderful. And we, we need to have that confidence in God as long as it's not you know, a belief in fate or fatalism, right? We understand that God is alive and that he acts and he makes decisions and he guides history. Uh, not, you know, everything works together for good doesn't mean that everything is going to be good in our understanding or in our experience of life or, or of history. Anyway, the point is we can trust God in every situation, but... I would like you to look briefly at the context of this verse. If you would go back to verse 6 and 7, and the prophet is, is calling the people back to repentance. And he says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon him. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. So I want you to see here that what the prophet is declaring is that it is in this, that God's thoughts are not like our thoughts. In his mercy, he will forgive when, when we perhaps would not. His ways are not our ways. What the prophet is emphasizing here is that God's compassion, his long-suffering, his patience are, you know, way beyond uh, ours and our understanding. So I'd like you to hold that concept for a moment. I'd like you to turn to the prophet Hosea, who is going to reflect upon this in a fascinating uh, and unique way. So if you can't find Hosea, right, it's not the most popular book in the Bible, but it is one of the most powerful. Uh, and this particular chapter, I'm sure many of you are familiar with. And I just like to read through, I think it's the first 12 verses, and I'll read and 
perhaps comment as we go along. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And as they called him, so they went from him. They left him. And they sacrificed to Baal. And they burnt incense to carved images. And yet, in spite of all that, I taught Ephraim to walk. I took them by the arm. They did not even know that it was I that healed them. And yet, I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love. And I was to them as those who take the yoke from the neck. And I stooped down and fed them. I just like to reflect on this. I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's another passage in Scripture that tries to describe, because who can understand God's ways, right? His mercy, his love, it's higher than ours. But here is probably one of the most creative and, and enlightening uh, words to try and understand how God feels, how he feels about Israel. How he feels about Israel when she's gone astray, when she's turned her back to him and doesn't even recognize him and is running after, after others. He says, I taught Ephraim to walk. And those of us who are parents, I was out this afternoon with our granddaughter, Emanuela, and she's such a delight. You know, she, she wants to learn new things. And when she wants to climb up on a narrow ridge, she wants to hold my hand. She knows I'm going to be there for her. She has the confidence to try things when I'm with her. And he says, and I drew them with gentle cords, with bands of love. These verses in Hebrew, this, this concept of bands of love and gentle cords, it actually says, Adam. it means like cords, it says actually human cords. In other words, in some way, the prophet is trying to help us to understand that God relates to us as human beings. I mean, this is, this is, a, profound, this is a profound thought that the creator of the universe somehow, some way knows us and understands us and can teach us to walk, as it were, you know, given our, our smallness, given our, our babyishness, quite frankly, sometimes, you know, um, given our inability to comprehend, to understand, or sometimes to even want to know and to comprehend. And yet he is there. Um, and, and, and he goes on. Well, human He's wrapping us around, I suppose, well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know it to be human and, you know, it's complicated and it's difficult and it's troubling sometimes. I mean, we don't you know, obviously ourselves or understand why we do what we do. And yet somehow he, he understands that, you know, and of course, we can always say that the Messiah, that Yeshua is, you know, you know, I, I don't understand how it works. <laughs> I really don't. I'm just trying to understand what 
the scriptures teaching us here about this enduring long suffering and ability and character of God to understand us, uh, to care about us, to put up with us, to find a way to help to teach us how to live our lives. And he says, I drew them these gentle cords with bands of love, and I was to them as those who take the yoke from their necks, stoop down to feed them. You know, another fascinating picture uh, of, of, of God stooping down, uh, taking a weight off of our neck, kind of holding up our, you know, and feeding us, nourishing us according to our ability, um, perhaps according to, obviously according to what we need, he knows that. I think the issue is that we don't always know how to embrace what God actually has for us. And here he's, this picture of him, you know, stooping down, um, spoon feeding us, as it were. Anyway, the story here in, in Hosea and, and why, to me, it reflects on this idea of God's ways being higher and his thoughts than ours. He goes on and he describes how also here the people, he says in verse 7, are bent on backsliding from me. And even though they call on the Most High, none at all exalt him. You know, this is, this is a painful kind of transgression. You might call it in modern language kind of a hypocritical religion, you know, you know calling on the name of the Lord pretending that you understand his ways, kind of being, you know, prideful and arrogant in your relationship, even with God or towards others, in the way we express how we think about him, what we think about him. Um, and these people that the Lord is, you know, has cared for, and, you know, and we can go back, I think I heard you, in the moments that I lost my, 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 my earphones, you know, we're talking about the children of Israel going through the desert and, and most, you know, this, this was a picture of God caring and guiding and leading his people when they really had no, no idea where to go. He, he knew what they needed. Um, and then he goes on in verse eight, how can I give you up Ephraim? I always like to think of Ephraim as kind of a pet name for Israel. It's like, you know, some of you may have, as I do, a special name for my wife that nobody else uh, can ever know because it's, it's intimate and expresses something that only we know about ourselves. And Ephraim, in a way, is that kind of, you know, in a name of endearment. How can I give you up? It's like God is struggling with himself here, you know. <laughs> I've been caring for you. You're my, you know, you're my son. You're my child. I called you out of Egypt. I've loved you, you know, and 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 you keep bending your back away from me and 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 turning away from me. How can I give you up? How can I hand you over, Israel? Can I make you like Adma? Can I set you as 
Zavoyim, and these were enemy peoples of God, you know, God is saying, can I do that? It's almost like, I mean, I'm not sure. Think it through with me, you know. Does he want to do that? Is he thinking like, look, that might be the best, you know. Uh, we did this once back in the flood of Noah. Um, you know, love has its uh, boundaries, maybe, uh, you know, I I'm not sure. C can I do that? Uh, he goes on and says about himself. I just like to think about that for a moment. Here we have the creator of the universe talking to himself, uh, you know, revealing his, his inner struggle that he has with us. He says, my heart is churning within me. Nefach alai libi. I mean, he's, his heart, it's upside down, you know. Now, all of us can identify with that. We, we've had situations, you know, I don't know, and your heart is upside down. I mean, you are beside yourself, if you will, and you respond reflexively. You don't think, you just go, you know. Uh, he says, and my sympathy is stirred. Now, the Hebrew here, my sympathy is stirred, is, is wonderful language. Yichar nichmeru nichumai. He says, not yichas, excuse me, yachad, 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 together, nichmeru. He says, my passions, all of my passions, all of my, my character, who I am, is, is, is stirred up. Actually, the words here is burning. It's on fire. It's, it's out of control, okay? Here we have a picture. I, I don't know how to describe this. You know, the best picture I kind of have is, is kind of like a lion. I don't know. You know, they talk about the, we talk about the lion of Judah. And he's, you know, he's fighting with himself. He, 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 he wants to attack, but he somehow he's behind. Something is stopping him. He, he, perhaps he's in a cage and he's going back and forth and he, 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 he doesn't know what to do. I mean, this, I, I, I really don't know how to express uh, or, or, or understand, frankly. What does that mean? What does that mean to us? What does that say to us in terms of how do we respond to such a God? And what is it that is holding him back? I invite you to contemplate what he says as he goes on. He says in verse 9, I, I will not. He's like... <laughs> He's gotta, he, it's like he has to co convince himself, I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. Okay, he's angry, and he's aware of it, and it is fierce. And we can understand why he should be. But I will not go against and destroy Ephraim. And why? For I am God. I am not a man. I am not like you. I do not decide like you decide. I do not choose like you choose. I do not think like you think about such things. Well, about many things. God does not think like us. 
May I suggest that that is why he goes on to say that I am the Holy One in your midst. I will not come in terror. This, to my mind, is what is holy about God. This is why he is separate from us. This is what makes him distinct and sanctified, the Lord of all lords, the one who can never be fully known or understood, the, the one before whom we bow down and humble myself, humble, humble ourselves. It's, he, is, uh, he, he is love. I believe there is a reason that the prophet Hosea is, is given, is, 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 is able is, um, to, to have to, to say these words, to write these words. If you know the story of Hosea, if you go back in the first few chapters, for some incomprehensible reason, God tells Hosea to marry a prostitute. I mean, you read. And the problem is that Hosea falls in love with this woman. Now, if any of you have ever fallen in love, uh, you know that you, you, you lose consciousness, you know, you, you start doing, you know, the most irrational, um, incomprehensible things because love is overwhelming. I mean, have any of you ever fallen in love? You know, all you husbands, you better quickly raise your hands. There you go. That's right. And you know, and you, you know what, what that means. So Hosea falls in love with this girl and as could be expected, she betrays him. Um, and Hosea goes to God and says, oh God, why did you make me do this? And you know, this is horrible. What am I supposed to do? And God says, well, go back and give her another chance. Take her back. Rose is like, you know, I, I really don't want to do that. It's, it's going to be, it's, you know, it's, it's so painful. And, you know, how can I go through that again? God says, go, go, take, you know, you take her back. So, okay, look, I love her, you know, I'll take her back. He goes back and sure enough, she does it again. Rosea goes back to God and, you know, basically he says to him, you know, I told you so. This is, you know, to be expected. and I, you know, what, what, what do you want from me? I, I can't really handle this. And God says, take her back. And, you know, he huffs and puffs and goes through all kinds of antics, but, you know, it's God and okay, I'll obey him and maybe he'll bless me, but I'm going to be very, very, you know, leery of this and be careful and I'm not going to let myself get involved. I'll do it just because God said, and of course she does it a third time and Hosea goes back to God and he's livid and it's like, that's it. Thank you very much. What else do you want me to do? And God says, go back. And then Hosea says to God, I cannot, I can't do that. And of course, what does God say to him? Well, you see, of course not. You're a man. I am God. I want you to go back because that's who I am. So I'm thinking that Hosea gets in touch. Hosea has some manner of revelation of this 
this, this God whom we love because he is love, this God whom we serve because there is no one like him. I am God. I am not a man. I am the Holy One in your midst. <laughs> to me, this is an invitation for all of us to lay our lives down at the feet of our Lord, to give up our ways, if you will, to give up our, you know, our cheshbonot, our, our, you know, dear ones, I, you know, in my younger days, I had a little book. And in that book, I kind of had, you know, all the names written down of all the people that hurt me and all the bad things that people did. And I remembered those things. And those things prevented me from being a lover. Those things have stopped me all my life from experiencing God in my heart, in my spirit, in my behavior, in my language, in my thoughts, because I have not been willing to take the risk. I have not been willing to allow myself to love. What a pity. What a sad story this is of, 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 of our lives. When we try to figure out ourselves, when we try to keep tabs on things, when we try to control our lives and protect ourselves, look, you know, I'm, you know, I'm protecting myself, right? I got a mask and all that stuff. I keep social distance and everything like that. We got a vaccine, my wife and I. I'm not saying be a fool. That's not what I'm saying. It's not, you know, pardon my... French, but God is not a fool. And, you know, this is what he does. This is who he is. His patience, his, his long sufferings. We cannot understand it. We cannot. All we can do really is embrace it or not. I, I, I don't see any other way to live our lives, no matter what's happening around us, no matter what's happening, no matter what. We could go on and, you know, we could talk about our Lord Yeshua. I think you get the, I think you get what the scripture is saying. He warns us, you know, the love of many will grow cold. And that's just so easy. It's just so easy. It's, 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 it's too difficult. I, I cannot do it. I cannot. I cannot. I mean, I, I you know, and it grieves me because I, I understand that love is all there is. I mean, without without love, what is what is life? What what is who, I, I you know it's isn't it, it's nothing. It's meaningless. And just you know, I just I just want to finish up here. I don't even know how long I've been talking to you, talking to myself probably more than anybody else here. But you know, I have I would like to say that you know I have experienced the love of my own family as they have patience with me beyond what I have with myself, frankly. And my dear family has, my family has, you know, has shown me the way of the Lord and has inspired me and given me life. And, and they have become so precious and so dear to me as I have, you know, tried to, to open up and be vulnerable and, you know, and uh, 
anyway, that's about all I have to say.